Welcome to the PC Speaking Podcast series, Through the Bible in a Year, where we come together for daily reading and reflection as we journey through the scriptures. Let's dive into today's episode with Pastor Chris Miller. Hello and welcome back to the PC Speaking Podcast. Today is number day number 49 of our Through the Bible in a Year reading program. Uh, this is the day of the week where we take our memory verse and we expound on it. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, when I was in the military many years ago now, there was some basic skills that every Marine was trained in. There was a saying at the time, and I think they still use it, that every Marine is a rifleman. There are a lot of different jobs that a person can do in the military. Um, they're not necessarily all combat-oriented jobs, but they're all, you know, support that. Um, they need to be people to make everything happen. There's admin, support, logistics. Um, we used to call it beans, bullets, and band-aids. And people who work in payroll and office jobs, and there needs to be mechanics to keep vehicles running, people who handle ordnance, all of those different kinds of things. And, you know, all of those jobs matter. They're all important as we think about those things. But in the end, one thing that was true, and I think probably still is, is that every Marine is still a rifleman. When you go to boot camp, once you learn the basics about how military life works, um, you know, they teach you everything, break you down and start you over completely, teach you how to dress, how to put on your shoes, all kinds of different things. But once you get some very basic things down, the next thing you do is learn how to be a rifleman. Uh, you learn how to fire your weapon and work as part of a just a basic fire team. And for some, that may be one of the only times they do many of those things, but everyone still has to go to the rifle range and qualify with their weapon yearly because the philosophy is that every Marine's rifleman. Uh, some of them are very basic in that skill, but if the need arose, they would know enough to be able to pick up a rifle, point it in the right direction, and make it work. And although they say every Marine is a rifleman, there are some Marines who go into that service specifically to be a rifleman, which is what I did. And that's their job. The entire time they're in, they spend a lot of time honing those basic skills. And a matter of fact, most of the time, training is their job. That's what they do. Now, initially, when you first begin to learn, it's a very basic job. Um, it's pretty simple, not that difficult, not a lot to it, but it is a job with a somewhat high skill ceiling. And what that means is that Although it starts out as a very basic job, uh, and some Marines stay and remain basic in that and go on to do other and different things, but some work and grow and develop their abilities and skills and build on that basic job and move on to other you know, combat roles, become very skilled at what is, at its foundation, a very basic skill. And there's a lot of room to improve that skill. There's a high skill ceiling, but the skill floor or entry point is very low. The entry point doesn't require much. You know, if you have a, a certain degree of physical fitness, the basic cognitive ability to know which end of a rifle is which and how to load it, pull the trigger, you can probably learn to be a rifleman, at least a basic one. It was a running joke. Well, I'm sure, well, it still is a running joke, probably has been for a very long time amongst the different branches of the U.S. military that Marines are dumb. 
Uh, they eat crayons. Of course, the Marines just lean into that and make Instagram reels of themselves passing around a box of crayons like they're uh, candy or lollies or something. But even though there are Marines doing many different kinds of jobs, basically at the fundamental level, they all share the rifleman's job in common. Now, there's a lot of variance in the experience in that and skill level of the job. But if the need arises, everyone can do at least the basic version of that job. And that's important. When some initially join, you know, most of the time they're given the opportunity to decide what they want to do. And of course, the Marines reserve the right to change that and shuffle you around where they need you. But for the most part, they'll make you what it is you want to become. And of course, every Marine is still a rifleman first. Now, here's a question for you. If you could ask Jesus to give you a specific job or, or make you something, what would it be? What would you pick if you could ask him to make you something, maybe give you something, uh, give you a job, whatever it might be, what would you pick? You don't even have to be spiritual about it. What would you ask Jesus to make you? I don't know, rich, smart, influential, powerful, good looking, I don't know, famous. Who knows what people would ask for? But here's another question for you. What if instead you were to ask Jesus, what do you want to make me? What do you want me to become? What job do you want me to do? If you do that, what do you think he would choose to make you? We all end up in different places, doing different things than what we had planned. We end up serving in different ways as Christians. And well, I mean, I guess I can't say that's what happens to everyone because I don't know everyone's situation, but it seems like it does happen to everyone that we all end up someplace different than what we had planned. Doing different things at different times than what we thought we would be doing. And I know that's certainly the case for me. I had no idea I would be where I am today. But there is something Jesus plans for all of us that is consistent for every one of his followers. He wants to make us something. And this is what he said, and this comes from our, our memory verses part of this passage today. In Mark chapter uh, 1, verses 14 through 18, it says, After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, throwing a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Our memory verse for today from the reading is Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus said to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, I'm going to make you something. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me and fish for people. Now that was 2,000 years ago, well, over 2,000 years ago now, but Jesus is still calling his followers to do the same basic thing. Now we do lots of different things. We serve in different ways, but every Christian is called to be a fisher of men or support that in some way and participate in that in some way. Now, for I would say for all of us, Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some people out there who, you know, don't find this intimidating initially, but that can be intimidating, maybe even scary. It's like public speaking. It's something that's just a natural fear that we have. 
And when it comes to being a fisher of men, some might say, I don't know how to do that. You know, some are more skilled than others. We might even say some people have a gift for it. Some are less skilled than others, but the skill ceiling, the skill ceiling is high, but the skill floor is low. The entry point is pretty easy to get into. People usually think they can't fish because they, they don't know enough. And that's just not true. If you're a saved believer, you know enough to fish. You know enough to be a fisher of men. All you have to do is share what happened to you. Now, all Christians have had a time in their life when they accepted Christ as their Savior and became a saved believer. If, if you don't have that, you're, you're not a Christian. And that's something we all are, something we all share in common. And at that point, Jesus calls us to be fishers of men, to share the gospel with other people. And to do that, all you need to do is share what happened to you. People will say, I need more knowledge. I need more experience. Well, those things are beneficial. They aren't necessary. You can start where you are. And frankly, the majority of witnessing, of fishing for men that people do is when they're newer believers. That tends to fade over time. But we should all be in a place where at the very least, if the need arises and someone is standing in front of us asking, what must I do to be saved? We should be able to respond to that and tell them how. And in my personal experience of telling people about Jesus in person and people accepting Jesus, you know, not so much in preaching to a congregation or doing internet stuff and podcasts, but in person, it's, it's been like that. There's someone standing in front of me basically saying, what must I do to be saved? And anytime I've led someone to Jesus, I just had to tell them and they wanted to listen. And someone may ask the question, you know, why, why does Jesus want me to do this? Why does it matter? Why is it important? Why do I need to tell people about Jesus? Why do I need to share the gospel with people? Now, we've talked about this before, but a person can figure out that God exists without any help. People do that all the time. They can get an idea of God's presence without being told that God exists. People can figure that out. A person can go sit under a tree on the beach, look at the night sky and think, wow, this, you know, this isn't an accident. Somebody made this. They can gain some sense of the existence of God. And personally, I believe that everyone does that in some way. Everyone goes through that at some point or they're faced with that. And so, you know, being a fisher of men doesn't have to mean convincing someone that God exists. That may be a step along the way, but, you know, without going around the rabbit hole, convincing people of the existence of God is not something you have to do if you want to enter the call to be a fisher of men. And if someone says, well, I don't believe in God, I think it's probably because they, they don't want there to be a God. Because once someone admits the reality of God, I think there's a natural progression that follows. And it goes something like this. Well, okay, you know, I'm going to admit the existence of God. I know he's out there somewhere. And if he created all this and he created me, then I might also conclude that I'm somehow accountable to him. And... I'm not sure how I feel about that. And I can also figure out that I am distanced from that God in some way. There's a distance between us and I don't know how to close that distance. And I think humans are capable of figuring all of that out 
on their own. They don't necessarily have to be told about those things. And I also believe that everyone goes through something like that in their own mind at some point. And when it comes to that point of realizing there's some kind of accountability and there's some kind of distance between myself and God, people either deny the existence of God or they try to build a bridge that covers that distance um, by building a bridge that will provide them access to God, to bring them closer to God. And you can see that when people say, you know, well, I'm a good person. What they're doing is they're thinking, well, I bridge that distance between myself and God by doing good things. You can look at different religions and the different means of closing that distance uh, people come up with uh, between themselves and God and see all the different ways people have tried to do that. There have been times and places where the desire to close that distance has been so compelling for people that they were even willing to sacrifice other humans to try to build a bridge or to offset what they perceive as God's anger, maybe. Now, the hard part is that we as humans don't have the ability to close the distance. We don't have the ability to bridge that gap. It's like trying to build a bridge across a canyon, but there's no bottom in the canyon. You know, no matter what we do, we can't build the bridge because we don't have a footing to build it on. We just don't have the ability. And the thing that makes Christianity unique is that Christians don't build the bridge. God did that for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Our passage today tells us that Jesus came preaching the gospel. It's in the first first, uh, verse there, what we read. And there's an example of Jesus explaining the gospel to the disciples later in the book of Mark, in Mark chapter eight. But Paul explains the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses one through four. And this is what he says. He says, now brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you have received in which you stand. Through it, you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered to you first all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried, rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the message of the gospel. Now, as we read that, did you notice how Paul says to his readers, you received this, and I received this. That's a key point in understanding why Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. Paul doesn't say you figured this out or I figured this out. He says you received it. And he says, I received it. What Paul means is that he heard the gospel and when he did, he received it. He then shared the gospel with his readers and they received it. You see, we can figure a lot of things out. We can figure a lot of stuff out. We can figure out, you know, the existence of God. Many people have done that. People can figure out there may be some kind of accountability to God. Some people can come to that conclusion. They can figure out there is a distance that separates them from God. You know, people driving down the street, see a church and and may have some thoughts along those lines. And I have no doubt that people do that every single day. They might even be able to conclude that what some person or some people or maybe themselves have done 
is the cause of the separation between themselves and God. You know, you can see that all through mythology and folklore where people do bad things and they separate themselves from their mythological God or, or they make them angry or whatever. And I think that someone can figure that out on their own. They really can. But what they can't do is figure out what they can only receive. Paul says he received the gospel, which he then preached to others. And the word preach comes from a Latin word that means to proclaim or declare before. In the Bible, the word preach is translated from Greek word caruso. Caruso means to proclaim, to declare, to announce, or to herald a message. Even more basically, it means simply to make something known. That's what it is to preach. And to tell someone about the gospel is to make known what can't be known unless it's made known. We can figure a lot of things out on our own. We can figure out God exists. We can figure there's distance between him and ourselves. We can maybe figure out that we might, maybe we even figure out that we're the cause of that distance somehow. But we can't reason out, figure out, that Christ died for our sin. He was buried and rose again the third day. We have to hear it. We have to receive it. And that's why Jesus calls us to fish. There are many different ways, means, modes, and styles of doing that. And the style or way of doing that aside, the gospel can't just be figured out. It has to be made known. It can't be received unless it is. And when Jesus says, come and follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He says, you're going to be someone who makes me known. And think about that for a minute. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's because someone made the gospel of Jesus known to you and you received it. You didn't figure it out on your own. Someone told someone who told someone who told you. And we kind of tend to forget that. If there was a way to do it, you could trace that, you know, someone telling someone all the way back to Jesus saying what he does in our passage today. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus is only asking you and me to do what someone else has already done for us. And he, he's, he's done the hard part. He just wants you and me to tell people about what he has done for us. As I said before, the skill ceiling is high. Some people have trained and practiced this. We might even say they're gifted at it. And we are grateful for them. But the entry floor is low. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you know how to tell someone how they can do the same. You just tell them how you came to know him. You make him known. You don't have to debate about creation versus evolution and theology or the existence of God or any of those things. And there are some people who are highly skilled at that, but you don't have to be to make Jesus known. And when I think about the disciples and you know what they went on to do and who Jesus chose, I think that part of the reason Jesus chose who he did was to show us that being a fisher of men is about making him known more than it is about our intelligence, our knowledge, and even our communication skills. You know, I want to help people follow Jesus. And I think sometimes people are paralyzed by the fear of all the things they don't know or not being able to answer someone's questions. But there's always those questions that we're not going to be able to answer. And to be frank, I often feel the same way. But again, my personal experience has been that people who you know want to debate all those things, are, they're not going to believe the gospel at that point anyway. You know, pray for them. Maybe God will put them in the path of one of those Christians who are highly skilled at answering all those difficult questions and debating those topics. 
And even if he does, even if they talk to someone like that, it's going to take some time for them to digest all of that. You know, like the Bible says, one person plants, another one waters, another one reaps the harvest. And in my experience, every time I've led someone to Jesus, it's been a divine appointment. They knew God was there somewhere. They knew they were not right with him. All I had to do was make the gospel of Jesus known. I've never forced, coerced, fought, argued anyone into faith in Jesus. Not to say I didn't try a few times, but I can't say that I've ever been successful at it. When I've had success, it was just making myself available and saying, Lord, there's someone out there you want to hear about Jesus who's ready to hear about Jesus. And if it pleases you, I'm available to do that. And someone's probably thinking, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. Why, why can't I just leave it alone? Leave it to the people who are, are really good at it. Why can't they just do it? Well, that's because you are in a special position to be in contact with someone who won't come into contact with someone who's good at it. They'll never go to church. They'll never listen to a Christian podcast sharing the gospel. They'll never do any of those things, but they might listen to you. Thanks for listening in today, and I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today on the PC Speaking Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Through the Bible in a Year. If you have found this helpful, please follow the podcast and share it with a friend. It is our hope and prayer that every episode helps enrich your relationship with God and His Word. Even if the drums stop beating, my soul will keep on singing, even louder.